Hey, it's Lisa. Welcome back to Nashville on the Rocks. We're thrilled to bring you this long-awaited episode in celebration of everyone's favorite holiday. That's right, Halloween. We're talking bourbon, horror flicks, and metal. And we have the perfect guest. He works with the worldwide popular Whiskey Bourbon Angels Envy. He fronts the Alabama metal band, The Judas Cradle. And just like me, he loves horror movies. Please welcome a man of many talents, Clayton Kidd. Clayton, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It is so exciting to have you as a guest today. Um, we've worked together a lot in the past, like doing a couple of shows for like the radio show I used to do. Um, you've come on with Angels Envy before. This is super exciting um, to have you in this setting now because we get to change it up. We get to talk about some cocktails, some Angels Envy, but it's our Halloween episode, so we get to talk about music, horror movies, all the Nashville fun stuff that happens at this time of year and all the stuff you're involved with too. So I'm so excited um, that you're here. Thank yes. you so much yes. for coming. Thanks for having me. This place is awesome. Yes. Looks, you can't tell from the radio. It looks really cool in here. <laughs> well, Thanks, thank man. you. And you know, it's so great because I know that you have had a big week and I know that you're gearing up for a really big event coming up and that you just drove from Memphis and that's like what, like a three hour drive? It's I don't about, even yeah, know. Yeah, we're stopping. It's about three. It's okay. 100 and like, like, I think it's like 200 three miles exactly that's so. crazy just like an average friday for you yeah well it, i went it wasn't a one day i didn't go there and back you know mm -hmm. I, I drove i went there wednesday and came back so. okay I had to do some engravings for angels envy so perfect awesome well i'm gonna dive in and do a couple of questions for you uh, right. to get this going so you and i have worked together in the past before we've had some really fun times bartending um we've had a lot of fun times working together on various projects uh one being the radio show that we used to do through Acme. Um, the next one was we worked a lot with the Acme Brewing Club. So Angels Envy came in. Uh, we did a, a couple of events with that. That was a lot of fun. Can you explain to me, for everyone listening out there, um, a little bit about Angels Envy? So like, it's a bourbon. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's uh, what makes it a little different than some of your other bourbons out on the market. It's a port finished bourbon. So we take our bourbon and finish it in secondary uh, uh, maturate. We do a secondary maturation. Uh, anything involved with Angel's Envy, two barrels will always be involved. Um, so we age our bourbon for four to six years and then finish it off in a ruby port barrel for four to six months. Uh, we also do a rye whiskey uh, that is aged nine years, and then we finish it in a Caribbean rum cask. So if you see the name Angel's Envy on a bottle, that means two sec uh, a secondary maturation process is always involved. Always. That's uh, kind of what we do at Angel's Envy. We just got a brand new master distiller named Owen Martin mm -hmm. uh, from a place out of Colorado called Stranahan's. Okay. So if you're familiar with Stranahan's uh, whiskey, um, they are, he is now with Angel's Envy. He's amazing. There's a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipe line for angels envy in the future so nice. keep an eye out uh and we are out of louisville kentucky mm. so if you're ever in louisville please stop by get you a tour it uh it's urban country yes it's an amazing place i did a bunch of renovations during covid so it's mm -hmm. already a brand new just it was already a brand new uh 
distillery. Now it's even brand new, brand new distillery. Reopened in 2014, so okay, and it's already had renovations. They, during COVID, they did a bunch of renovations to it. So I still haven't been way. there yet um, to see it, but I, I know I got to go up there. Um, so being in Kentucky, bourbon country, like you're in the middle of a a lot of, albeit you could say like. Um, kindred spirits or competitions or whatever so uh angels envy definitely i think has made its trademark name for everybody knows who you guys are um what do you think makes you all a little bit different than you know some uh, like buffalo trace or i I think a lot of the success with angels envy in such a short time has been the master stiller lincoln henderson Mm -hmm. uh he developed woodford reserve when he was at brown foreman uh he was a brown foreman for 40 years uh master stiller so he created woodford reserve in 1996 uh he created gentleman jack uh the mash bill is the same as old forester and that's some of the reasons why it's because lincoln henderson was involved in a lot of those projects at brown foreman uh, so I think the finishing it off in the port wine barrel really gives Angel's Envy. I, I don't want to. I'd like to say that Angel's Envy kind of started that trend. It's kind of mm-hmm. become more and more popular now. There's companies mm-hmm. out there that are finishing whiskey and bourbons off in two to three to four barrels sure. uh, at a time now. So it's wow. almost become like an inception of finishing at this point. But uh, Angel's Envy definitely was one of the creators, uh, the ones that originally wanted to start doing that. When when Lincoln was at Brown Foreman, some of these older heads thought it was crazy that he wanted to take bourbon and move it into a secondary uh, cask. Yeah. Um, some of these older bourbon heads probably still don't like the fact that Angel's Envy does, but that's just how... Um, that's just how Angel's Envy has evolved as mm-hmm. a brand and what separates them from some of the other brands that are out there on the market is the finishing aspects. So, I think uh, that Revere, that's... Uh, Revere tra- uh, Tradition Embrace Progress is one of the slogans we like to say at Angel's Envy, which is kind of summing up the finishing of the port wine barrel. You want to yeah. respect the, tra- the tradition of bourbon making mm-hmm. obviously you have to new, uh, use brand new uh, american oak cask when you're doing bourbon it has to be 51 percent corn mm-hmm. it must be made in america that was a law that was passed in 1964 so uh you, you definitely want to keep in the line of tradition of bourbon making mm-hmm. but the also the the progress part is what can we do to advance bourbon making at the same time which is why it's not really called angels envy bourbon it's kentucky straight bourbon whiskey finished in port wine barrels because once we've taken it out of that new white american oak cask and moved it into a port barrel it's legally no longer bourbon from the rules of bourbon that's why it doesn't say angels envy bourbon on the bottle so okay you know that's something that i hadn't really thought too closely about um because once you get into that like you're talking about like progression or you're Innovative, you know, mm-hmm. you're doing something different that hasn't been done before. And I, I remember talking about Lincoln. So, I mean, he that man sounded like he had quite a few good ideas yeah, in I, terms of when it comes down to making whiskey and bourbon. I never, unfortunately, got to meet him. He passed away in 2012, I believe. Okay. Uh, and uh, so I never personally got to meet him, but I've heard some great stories. Yeah. I've met his son, uh, his, I've met his son Wes and grandson Kyle ran the operations uh, up until Owen uh, recently took over. Uh, Bacardi okay. bought us. Bacardi bought us in 18, uh, so we're kind of in the umbrella with Bacardi, with yes. Grey Goose, Patron, Bombay Sapphire, yeah. Doors. So uh, Bacardi kind of bought us over, and I started the job in 19. So when I started, Bacardi kind of already owned Angel's Envy, so I didn't know the pre-Bacardi Angel's Envy. Sure. So I never got to meet Lincoln, but uh, Wes and Kyle were um, really, really cool guys. Uh, I know that they're working on some stuff on their own. You'll probably see their names pop back up in the bourbon world at some point, you know. So, no kidding. Yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, so 
I remember when Bacardi took over, like, like you said, like the umbrella, I always like affectionately refer to it as like the Walt Disney mm-hmm. of the spirit world because they just, it's so, so much. You know, you have so many amazing spirits that generate a lot of money and a lot of popularity and people really know them. So in terms of Angel's Envy, uh, remind me, when when did Angel's Envy form? Uh, it was, uh, I believe they started in 2010. Okay. But the distillery did not open its doors until 2015, I believe. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's 15. It might have even been 16. Okay. I'll get a double fact check on that. Now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure it was 2016. Okay. Uh, but Angel's Envy essentially formed when Lincoln retired from Brown Foreman. Mm. Um, you know, I'm assuming he was restless, kind of bored. He was a man that worked up until the day he died. Mm. Uh, so his son Wes and grandson Kyle convinced him to come out of retirement and do this project he always wanted to do with Brown Foreman with the finishing yeah. of the port wine barrels. So okay. um, I'm, I'm sure the idea formed in Lincoln's head a long time ago. Sure. Uh, but as an actual project, it was um, it was 2010. Okay, so. yeah, actually in terms of like making it happen or coming to fruition on it. Yeah. So uh, now there is Angel's Envy uh, finished in the port wine barrels, and then you have the rye. The rye. Can you talk about that? Because that is one of my favorite it ryes is, on the market. It's so good. It's, it's not your so typical good. rye. Mm-mm. Most of your ryes are spicy. Um, you're going to think about kind of like uh, your corn and rye, like think about a cornbread versus a Reuben sandwich. You're okay. going to have the sweetness and the butteriness of that cornbread versus the spiciness of that rye. So rye is typically a spicier grain mm. when you're making whiskey. Uh, what makes Angel's Envy so great is we we age it for nine years as a rye whiskey, 95% rye, 5% malted barley. Then we, uh, finish, uh, then we finish it in Caribbean rum cask uh, for um, 18 months. So you're looking at almost an 11-year rye whiskey. Uh, it's nine years of being aged as a rye, 18 mm-hmm. months in a rum barrel. We used to use Plantation XO as the rum, mm, okay. uh, plant, but Bacardi bought us an 18. Bacardi's like, hey, what the hell? Why are we not using our own barrels for Bacardi this? Barrels. So yeah, we use Bacardi Ocho barrels now for the okay. uh, to finish it off in the rum barrels. But the rum finish gives that rye whiskey, that spiciness of it, such a sweet flavor. You're now adding flavor notes of caramel, brown sugar, maple syrup, mm-hmm. praline. I had a chef tell me sweet potato, and that was a <laughs> palate that I didn't get. Obviously, a chef has a different palate than me. So you get all these fun rum flavor notes packed into a rye whiskey so it brings out so much sweetness at the same time Mm -hmm. Uh, so it's just not your typical rye whiskey and i've done events with bartenders where i've made s'mores out of i've made uh rye marshmallows with and we went camping and had rye (laughs) s'mores um we've done stuff with syrup where you have um you you have some maple syrup with rye whiskey in it so you can do so much fun stuff with like desserts cream brulee bananas foster you can do so much killer stuff that's awesome with the rye whiskey because of those flavor notes come out in that rye whiskey you can sub it in for pina coladas you can you can do so many rum cocktails you can do rye daiquiris um right. all sorts of fun stuff that you can just substitute uh whatever wherever the rum would go you can substitute it with angels envy rye whiskey and it, it works perfect it's such a such a diverse spirit it's definitely one of my favorites it's 100 proof too so it's a little higher proof Dang. than the 86 on the port bourbon so yeah the first time i ever tried i think the rye was when it was it was with you it was with one of i think it was our first it was our first um inception of the acme bourbon club and you were our first you know bourbon that we were featuring yeah i remember that but then when you we tried the the rye that night and i was completely blown away by that i was like 
I never thought of myself as a rye person because like you said, it's very spicy. And that's typically not something uh, I have to be, you know, in the mood of every cocktail, but it's just not something that I would necessarily like just order or gravitate to. But I just remember thinking like, this is too good to like not, you know, and it's funny the past few places that I've worked over the past year. I'm not sure if there's a shortage of it, but it seems like they have a hard time getting it. It was, um, it was, I hate the term allocated. It was allocated. We'll just use that for lack of better terms for a few years. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tennessee was one of the states, they called it the evergreen state because you could always get it. Hence the green rye whiskeys typically have a... Uh, green label mm-hmm. identifying them as a rye whiskey not all of them <clears throat> typically you'll see a green label on a rye hence the name evergreen um i'm not sure what happened with that I, there were some issues during covid with getting mm-hmm. the rye whiskey in i think looking back on that on covid it was more of an issue with the glass than it was the, the juice that seemed to happen everywhere as yeah. everybody was having such a hard time yeah, getting bottles i think that was kind of more of what the issues that issue seems to be fixed i don't see too many people not being able to get the rye in it'll mm-hmm. happen from time to time uh, I think we've just done a better job of producing. We're also opening up a new distillery out in Henry County in Kentucky. Mm. Um, we're about to buy the parking lot across the street from Angel's Envy. Okay. Um, all for all for expansion, so issues like this don't happen. And oh, Owen's awesome. coming out with Owen's coming out with so many new products that you're going to need room for all these new barrels. So Angel's Envy is really expanding very rapidly. That's I awesome. imagine in the next like five, six, seven years, you're going to see some some really really cool stuff come out of Angel's Envy. Not that you're not already, right. uh, especially with all the room to all these rickhouses that are being made. Yeah, uh, I think there's a second distillery, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I've seen tons of videos on it. So it just takes time. And with with Owen at the helm now, I really think that um, you're going to see a lot of creative, uh, really, really cool stuff that might not have ever been on Angel's Envy radar mm-hmm. two or three or four years ago that are really going to start coming out. So his first release is coming out this November. It's a uh, rye cast strength. So our okay. rye is typically at 100 proof. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the rye at cast strength. Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. I don't want to give wrong information. But, um, you know, that would probably, in my guess, would be somewhere around the 119 to 122 area, if I was just guessing sure. the, the proof-wise. Um, and there's also a new, um, the Port Bourbon cast is coming out. So this will oh, be nice. Owen's first release. So the rye cask, I'm really looking forward to, though. So imagine the the rye right now at 100 proof, just a little bit hotter than that. So yeah. it's going to be really good. So. That is going to be really good. Um, I think when I was at Hermitage Hotel, they did have a cask strength. Um, that was the only bottle that they had. Okay. So I think that was left over from maybe an allocation of sorts. But uh, yeah, so that was... And typically I find that just because it's a higher proof doesn't mean that it's intolerable to drink. You know, it's going to be sharper. But usually I find... And babe, this is this is funny because I wish that we could get you in on this too. Um What's that, babe? Like trying out these different bourbons. Like when you go from like an 84 proof to 100 proof and then you drink something that's like 119 or 120, that means it has more alcohol. You know, know, that's what it means. I like it. And typically people get the the idea that they're thinking just because there's more alcohol, it tastes like rubbing alcohol, but it doesn't. Usually it's smoother and that's dangerous. And it's not not always the case of it Mm -hmm. being better. A lot of people think... The higher proof, the better. That's like, true. It's not always the case. Mm-hmm. Angel's Envy port finish is only 86.6. No, not. And you have to be at least 80 to be bourbon. Mm-hmm. That's another rule of bourbon. Mm-hmm. So you must be at least 80 proof. 
Um, so you're kind of getting as low as you can on the scheme of bourbon with Angel's Envy. And 86.6 drinks just fine. Some people just think, oh, it needs to be 122. Because some of that, that's too hot at the same time. Sure. I have a bottle home of some Knob Creek at 120. And I, just, I can't. Just like, can't I've tried. It. I was just mm-hmm. like, it's just so hot. It'd probably be really good in a cocktail. Mm-hmm. You know, once you dilute it a little bit with some water and ice and let that ice melt. Sure. I imagine that bourbon will hold up well in some sort of like strong, in a cocktail with different citrus and sugars in it yeah um but by itself by like, itself it's just a little too hot for me i kind of like my i like i like my bourbons around like 95 to i'd say 107 somewhere around there. yeah that's probably, that's probably my range for something t- tolerable yeah you know yeah. a little heat to it but nothing you know nothing too light i do love angel's envy that's one of the fewer that i've had that low of a proof but mm-hmm. i love it it makes for a great sipping bourbon at the same time when it's that low of a proof you know see that's important too for the whole sipping aspect um i did try a bottle of blanton's uh barrel and i think that was about a 125 no oh. It was too much for me. Yeah, I can mm. see that. Yeah, you know, hot. and then I thought maybe it's maybe it was a one-time thing. I tried again. I was like, mm, I just it's just not there. Yeah. You know, not there. Did you pick out a barrel Blanton's with me? Did yes. You do that was that it was like yes. me, you, Jenny, two times. Uh, Erica. Erica. Yeah, yep. we went to Buffalo Trace and picked yes. out picked out Acme a barrel of. Uh, <laughs> I still have a bottle of that too. Do you just really? Just for safety, I've got maybe like three pours left in it, and I've just saved <gasps> it because I, I I had a hand in picking it out. Right. So it's just a souvenir that I've kept. But oh I still God. have, and what I did, Monty wouldn't let me have one. So what? Yeah, I they did, were they were rare because at the time, remember we couldn't. We were trying to find just bottles of Blanton's, yeah. and they didn't even have it. I had a regular bottle, and one day at work, I just came in and poured some of it. No, I put. I just switched out. Like <gasps> oh, I just took my brought in an unopened bottle of Blanton's. Oh, and you just and switched just it, subbed it out. I was like, I'm taking a bottle. Of this this acne single barrel because I had a hand in picking this you know like what well, they can't fire me now for it you know? I didn't take it I mean I gave them a right, bottle of Blanton's bottle I just was like hey I'm gonna swap I'm out. gonna swap this regular Blanton's out for the acne single barrel pick because I think that was smart I wanted I'm a bourbon nerd I wanted, I wanted that for my safekeeping you know so, I love it yeah oh my but yeah God. I thought that was what we were talking about I was like I thought yep. you were on that trip I think Mitzi was there too yeah I yeah. think so um yeah. I have pictures of it that I just came across the other day but it was like random pictures so like not everybody's in all the pictures yeah so I couldn't think of it. Oh, God. Yeah. Well, um, we're going to do something a little bit different this time around. Um, I, Considering that you're the expert in the Angel's Envy category, um, I want you to make the cocktail this time. Because okay. usually for these shows, I make the cocktail for my guests. But I would love it if you could showcase us with your skills. Absolutely. Okay. Oh, we're using this table? Uh, we're going to use this table. Oh, this table. That's yep. Right. So we're going to get everything set up, guys, and we'll be right back. So now we're back, and uh, we're getting ready to make this cocktail. Can you tell us first, like, uh, what you picked for us today? Yeah, I'm going to do a um, smoked old-fashioned with, uh, we like to finish, as we say in Angel's Envy, the whole finishing aspect. Uh, uh, We like to finish and give yourselves an option of adding different flavor notes to an old-fashioned. Okay. So to add an Angel's Envy finishing element into this cocktail, I brought a banana banana chip uh, tincture. 
Uh, and then I've also got a uh, maple maple wood smoke that we're going to finish the cocktail with as well. Ooh. So in addition to your traditional old fashioned, which is uh, two ounces of Angel's Envy port finished bourbon, uh, a half ounce of Demerara. You can even do a quarter ounce. I like mine a half ounce. Uh, four dashes of Angostura bitters. Okay. Uh, we're also going to have a banana chip uh, tincture as a finish, and then we're going to smoke it with maple wood. So awesome. it's going to add different flavor notes to a typical old fashioned. So. Smoke it with so, it. So I will go ahead and since we're adding a tincture, I'm going to go ahead and spray your glasses down first mm. with the banana chip. Get that flavor in there. You can do one or two uh, a piece. You can do as much as you want, really. I, I prefer about one or two. This is going to be fun. Yes. So I'm going to start with the Angostura bitters. Five, six, seven, eight. I do about three per old fashioned since I'm making three of, uh, of these. I'm going to add eight to nine dashes. So awesome. And then I've got little 100 milliliters of Angel's Envy. Those little bottles are so cute. They're, they are like, they look like little baby flasks, but they're just glass they're, bottles. They're great for airplanes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm also going to do the Demerara. I prefer Demerara um, over uh, Simple Syrup when it comes to an old-fashioned. Any of your dark liqueurs like rum, bourbons, I typically prefer a Demerara syrup over a Simple Syrup. Mm -hmm. Leave your simple for mojitos, gin, vodka, all those lighter, lighter. margaritas. Mm -hmm. uh, this is just a preference. I'm not saying Simple Syrup doesn't work in an old-fashioned. I just prefer Demerara. Demerara is also known as like sugar in the raw, uh, any of those type of, not necessarily a brown sugar mm -hmm. that you would use to bake with, but look for like sugar in the raw or any of those type syrup uh, mm -hmm. sugars that'll work as a demerara uh, uh, syrup love it so uh, I did I'm just gonna do one ounce since I'm making three cocktails okay uh, and then I am going to use this entire uh, 100 milliliter of Angel's Envy 100 milliliters yes. you know I probably should realize this now because I haven't done much flying in the past and I, I know it's kind of weird to say but I didn't really fly anywhere until God, maybe like five, six years ago, but I didn't realize you could bring little airplane bottles on. You, I thought that was just something that you got. I don't know. I don't know what I got, but it was recently that I learned that that's the case itself. This, you, is, this is right above the threshold, but I've never been told to not bring it in. Yeah, they look small enough where I think if push comes to shove and TSA takes it out, you know, they're not really going to notice. So, um, depending on your TSA agent. I'm gonna go ahead and strain these into our glassware. That's so this is just really uh, an example of how to make the cocktail. Um, so I'm not really worried about whether or not you're getting your three ounces of the cocktail. Sure. This is kind of just more of an exercise in showing you the fun things you can do with a smoked old fashioned. So That's I've got awesome. My, I've got my smoker right here and it smells great. So it also, so what it does, it's gonna add all that maple smoke flavor into your cocktail. Oh my God, that's awesome. Yeah, you kind of let that sit for a minute, let that smoke kind of collect there. Also, what's great about these at restaurants is the minute you start using them, uh, the smell goes in the air and customers always, always want one after you start doing these. Oh, of course. Oh my God, look at that. Isn't that cool? And you're also gonna get some of that smokiness from the wood uh, into the cocktail. And don't forget, before we made the cocktail, we also added a banana chip tincture uh, to the glass as well. So you're gonna really get like a smoky, uh, vanilla, mapley, um, even a banana finish to these drinks. So look how cool they look. Oh my God. Isn't that fun? Babe, this is really something that yeah, we're really gonna killer. appreciate. 
I love that. So let me, uh, obviously we got to get some cool photos of it. Yeah, I got a cool little video of that too. So look at that. Isn't that fun? Oh my God. That's fun. Do you smell that? Oh yeah. Such (laughs) a fun way. too far away. So it's such a fun way to uh, just add different flavoring notes to cocktails. Uh, You can do, there's everything from cherry wood to maple wood to uh you can just do oak i chose maple um and i there it is this perfect is for this time of year it yes. smells like uh we're cooking s'mores it does it and like i said you start doing this at a bar or restaurant customers are like what's that smell i want one of those drinks it really Hell starts yes. selling itself that's something you do as a guardian you host different happy hours and this is a great way to really get uh people buying the product when you're sitting at their bars because the, the the visual of getting it smoked yeah um you know, it, it, it it's always something that's still really fun. You get to play with fire and you know, <laughs> it's it's just always fun, you know. That's so awesome. yeah, cheers. Like I said, these aren't your uh, typical size cocktails, but it's more just to give you an example of that smoky flavor and what it does. Not only when you're drinking it, uh, when you're when you're putting it up to your mouth to sip and taste the cocktail, you're, that that smoke's going to go up your nostrils. So you're also getting, forgive the word, um, palates. Obviously, your tongue smell, but there's mm-hmm. a word I'm looking for. Uh, when you're drinking it, you're going to smell all that smoke on top of tasting it. Sure. Oh my God. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for being on the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. So once again, that's two ounces of Angel's Envy bourbon. Um, you get you, you get that smoke oh, yeah, in there. Yeah, it's, it's delicious. Oh, that's great. And you get a little bit oh, of that banana. Good. You get a little bit of that sweetness of the banana that was already in the glass on top of the bourbon, the demerara, the bitters. Uh, so to me, it's just a very balanced cocktail, and it's such a fun way that's to play with play with different drinks. And you could make this drink taste twenty different ways. You could do it. You could do a coffee and chicory bitters mm-hmm. as opposed to the banana chip, and then you could finish it off with like applewood. Uh, so there's just so many different ways um, you can finish. Uh, see what I did there? Finish. You can finish it. Clever, man. Yes. <laughs> so there's so many different ways you can finish this cocktail. Uh, you could you could drink 20 Old Fashions. Well, I would never recommend that, but not and not one of them would taste the same mm-hmm. if you did it these different ways. So it's just a fun way. Um, I'm jealous. This is the only way I want to make. Yeah. Man, it's it's great. It's and if these, uh, too, it's right? a um, you can get the smoker from uh, this one we ordered from Middleton Mixology. Okay. Uh, and they also have the wood chips. It's just great. And so it comes like as a kit. It comes as a kit, yeah. Okay. And then like Angel's Envy, we got ours. Um, you can get it like your little logo on it if you want to. So so cool. But it comes as a kit. It's really cool. Anybody that drinks, so you don't have to be a heavy drinker, but. Anybody that has a home bar of any yeah. sort, I mean, it's just something fun to have at your home bar. It's just, a, yeah. it's, it's just a great way to just to have like a fun cocktail. Like it could be for the holidays, it could be for a special event, it could be if you don't like drinking straight. One hundred percent tequila. You could smoke tequila. You, you know? can smoke rum. I mean. I, I don't know. I don't want to say you couldn't do it with vodka. I mean, mm-hmm. you could probably do it with anything you wanted to. Mm-hmm. I just can't imagine how smoked vodka would taste. I'm not going to say it's there's anything wrong with that whatsoever. Right. Um, but I mean, you could be on to something if you smoke a vodka cocktail. I'm sure it's been done. But definitely like tequila, mezcal. Mezcal's already smoky. Oh, Scotch yeah. is already smoky. But... I mean, I, I, you could do this with something with like Lafroig or, or Ardbeg oh, yeah. or something like that and make it even smokier. But um, That would be really interesting. Yeah, so you could play around with this on, on 20 different li- liquors, 20 different drinks. You could do like smoked zombies for Halloween. Yeah. 
You know, you could do like a, since you, you saw the way the visuals of it smoking, mm-hmm. imagine having a zombie cocktail, Halloween zombie, and it Perfect. comes out smoking like that just to add some Halloween flavor to it. Hell you could yes. even drop, you could drop like an orange light in the drink and make it like an orange smoky cocktail kind of thing. So Dan's already done with his. Yeah, yeah it's good. And Dan, don't get me wrong. I didn't give you the full, you should have got about two ounces, but you probably got about maybe about an ounce, an ounce and a quarter. It was really just to give an example on how to make the cocktail. He's good with it. We got plenty, so if you do want another one, um, we could do that. Oh my god, we have plenty of angels in before it. So, all right, well, let's take a quick second to regroup, and we'll be right back. Okay, so that was such a fun experience. Uh, Every cocktail that I make in this house now, I want it to be smoked. It's just not. It's not going to be the same. Um, Can you tell us? Because I I meant to go over this with you earlier. Can you tell us your job? is a whiskey guardian for angels envy what does that entail yeah you're essentially a a brand ambassador but um not as in the term of the entire country Mm -hmm. you uh they're kind of place us regional around bigger cities around the u.s Uh, we're also in canada uh australia europe i know germany london has one france has one really uh not everywhere but we're kind of we're international let's put it that way and most of the big markets in the country tier one and tier two is like atlanta miami new york la san diego all the places you would expect just you name a bigger city there's probably a whiskey guardian i think i don't know how many there are i'm gonna roughly guess around 37 somewhere in that number around the country phoenix uh louisville indianapolis all kind just everywhere so um we essentially are um brand ambassadors we go around and host events we have happy hours we promote the brand we get on cocktail menus Mm -hmm. Uh, we do staff education with trainings like hey is your staff having a hard time Uh, you work at a bourbon bar let me come in there and give your staff an education on how to better sell angels envy because they're Mm -hmm. now dealing with 100 bourbons that people are coming in to choose from so by helping by going in there and teaching staff about the product you're giving that staff that doesn't know much about bourbon a better way to sell your product and stand out totally so we go around and just kind of educate on the product talk about the brand um basically sales i mean Mm -hmm. i guess we're all in sales in a weird way no matter what job you're in i mean no matter what you do you're probably in some sort of sales Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of marketing social media social media is not it's not a have to mm-hmm. um my personal opinion if you're not using social media though in this job i mean you're not really doing your job that's mm-hmm. just my personal opinion that's where everybody like, is i mean it's just such a great tool it's free it doesn't mm-hmm. cost you anything i mean a few minutes of your time a day yep i mean i usually do mine when i'm sitting around watching a movie or tv or mm-hmm. just you know it's, it's not hard to make a good post on social media and promote your brand you're promoters of the brand you're educators of the brand you're a face of a brand in whatever city you're in mm-hmm. um it kind of becomes your identity in a weird way um which is a good and bad thing um and it's it's a lot of fun it's an amazing job it's uh you get to talk about bourbon uh i'm a bourbon nerd so i do love the fact that i get to go around and talk about bourbon and Mm -hmm. share my love of bourbon and my passion with bourbon with the city of nashville yeah uh and uh essentially um you're i mean you're a brand like i just went to memphis and did engravings on bottles which isn't something we typically do on a daily basis Mm -hmm. but we even have an engraving machine so if you wanted a uh, nashville on the rocks logo on a bottle of angels envy you let me know you send me that logo i'll bring you a bottle of angels envy and you could have it stored in this room 
for openers. like a gift just as like a gift don't even drink it or drink it and refill it with angels cool. envy but it would just look cool looking around here like it'd look cool on that shelf up there just <laughs> just all sorts of fun thing i always tell people I have about 15 jobs in one yeah you um, really do you do a lot of admin too yep. like don't get me wrong you don't just go around and host parties and dinners i also do finishing dinners kind of mm-hmm. with the finishing aspect of what we just did mm-hmm. with that cocktail you would team up with a chef around nashville and hey let's let's do a finishing dinner and what that in turn would do would you let people kind of pick their own uh dinner plans you mm-hmm. give them three options four options three options and they get to kind of okay i want the pork chop with the port with the port syrup um the port reduction or i want the beef tenderloin mm-hmm. with you add some sort of bourbon aspect or port sure. aspect to your dinners and that lets people kind of pick their own adventure yeah with a dinner um it's, so, it's just like a it's like a fun uh just a pairing or a nice experience yeah it's just a way to you kind of make your own decision on how you want to eat but everything you get to choose from is kind of based there has something to do with bourbon or angels envy or port wine i love that it lets you be really creative Mm -hmm. uh, while also really helping your uh, i tell my my tell i'm dealing mostly on premise which is just bars and restaurants Mm -hmm. and i tell a lot of them my job is to make sure that case doesn't sit behind your bar so if you pick up a case of angels envy what can i do to make sure that doesn't just sit in your liquor room for six months sure you know i'm not going to come in there we're probably going to move that in one day sure we can let's come up with a way to do that that'd be amazing uh but it's more of like you know you go in you check around you check in on accounts around the city that Mm -hmm. you have and you're like hey let's do an event here let's do something really creative let's do a benefit for animals uh, sure. all kinds of fun you can you there's a million ways you can play your job it's just how creative you can get um what your budget looks like how much mm-hmm. money is it going to cost but there's so many creative ways to go around the city and sell bourbon besides That's just cool. besides you know obviously you want to be on cocktail menus but yeah there's also just so much fun creative stuff you can do with the job at the same time which is awesome i love that and you're one of the most perfect people for that because you've been bartending for such a long time and then you've been playing music for such a long time and then like you've also lived in nashville for such a long time so you know a ton of people you are creative like it's it's like the perfect and you're a very sociable person too so it's like the perfect job for you it's a lot of fun yeah yeah. one of my accounts i played little league with so you're like you go back to the owner of the place you're like man we we were on the california angels out in brickwood together like it's crazy so speaking about relationships in nashville yeah and you get to use those relationships you Mm -hmm. you kind of made like you just growing up in the city you know i also lived in alabama for a while but i've lived in nashville for like i'm 43 i've lived in nashville for like 30 33 years off oh, and wow. on okay so yeah, yeah you're right you get to use those relationships that totally. you, that you've had through bartending and growing up here you know, yeah so. and then the weird ties that everybody knows everybody in nashville kind of thing so in just terms of like using those relationships and the people that you've grown up with and that kind of leads me to being part of the season like a little segue into this is that you're hosting an event on Halloween night at Mother's Ruin. Yeah, Mother's Ruin is a great bar in Nashville. Mm-hmm. It's on, in the Germantown area. Yeah. So it is on Halloween. It's called the Monster Mash. This will be my third year in a row doing it at Mother's Ruin. I uh, love that. Great account of mine. Mm-hmm. Uh, great account in general for just everybody in the city. It's just a great bar. It's fun bar. It's fun. It's definitely more of a party bar. You know, it's it's going to definitely be a little louder, more rambunctious of a crowd, but it's Halloween. Mm-hmm. It's going to be so much fun. There's costumes. There's going to be Angels Envy cocktails. 
uh, decor, all kinds of fun stuff. Um, you can RSVP on the Mother's Ruin Instagram. There's mm-hmm. a link. Uh, I believe it's $10, but I know I believe that gets you uh, your first drink already. The $10 isn't so much a cover. It's to just kind of keep track of the people that are coming and let, gives them a heads up of how many people are planning on showing up. So on uh, the $10 does get you a drink ticket for an Angel's MD cocktail, too, though. So you're going to oh, pay that anyway. So. Well, I'm definitely going. This is the first year I've had off for Halloween, so I will be there. I'm very excited about That's this. That's awesome. It's uh, 8, 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. Halloween night, Mother's Ruin. Uh, obviously, Nashville on the rocks. Most people in Nashville listening to this, if not. Uh, if you're in Nashville, you probably know where Mother's Ruin is, but it's in yep. Germantown on 6th Avenue. I think it's 6th Avenue North, but you can't miss it. No, you can't miss it. And I got to say that in terms of like from working on Broadway for several years, like, you know, I usually think of like Broadway as being the like loud, crazy spot, you know, but Mother's Ruin is like tucked into like a neighborhood setting, but it's just as fun, yep. if not more fun. Great neighborhood bar. Yes. Great people. Good staff. Mm hmm. 100%. So, in switching this into like more of our Halloween episode, um I do have a couple of questions that are just like fun things that I wanted to ask you. Um uh and I'm really interested to hear what y'all think because I think that like Halloween is definitely one of my favorite times of the year, and I think it's so much fun to just like talk to people about what movies they like, you know, like uh what monster movies like uh what psychological thrillers. Like I feel like you can tell a lot about people, maybe good or bad, depending on how that is. Um but I'm going to ask you a couple questions about movies. So, starting out, here we go. What is your favorite classic, like classic Halloween movie or horror movie? Um, That's more appropriate. Horror over Halloween, I would probably definitely say the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. I okay. kind of grew up watching those. Um, my parents kind of tried to stop me at first and I kind of just did it anyway but I remember watching like Nightmare on Elm Street 3 mm-hmm. as a pretty young kid and it just never really scared me. I mean it scared me but in, in like the best way not where like I'd wake up crying but um, <laughs> I, I think I just always associate horror movies with like Freddy Krueger yeah uh, he was always way more terrifying to me than uh, Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers because he'd get you in, his, in your sleep yeah, you couldn't like, escape them. There's no relief from that. There's no relief. You have to go to sleep, so you can't run away from them. Mm-hmm. You so know the, what? You know what? Didn't they make a a new one of the, a new version? Right? Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that? So it's, it was way more gritty and not as. Um, I think Rob Zombie made that. No, that was Halloween. Sorry, whoops. Rob okay. Zombie did the Halloween one and two though. Okay. Those were fantastic. Those were movies. good. Those were great. Those were really. They good. did do a new one. Um, Jesse, so and so. I I forget his last name, but his name was Jesse that played Freddy Krueger, and it's just hard to reduplicate Robert England. So yeah, um, I, I didn't care for it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But yeah, it's like yeah. more serious. Man. Yeah, it was. It wasn't the same. It was, and I, because I, it was definitely more playful, and I don't know if it's because the 80s horror movies have a tendency to be more playful, like mm-hmm. they're gory, but they're playful at the same time, um, but you cannot just, Robert Englund is, is it England? Yeah, England. He is, I always say Englund, uh, he is just, he is Freddy. Yeah, and then you had Wes Craven, mm-hmm. the director who passed away. Yeah. It's hard to reduplicate him, and he based the character, the name Freddy Krueger came from a bully that picked on him in school. Oh, seriously? That's where he got the name Freddy Krueger from. I did not uh, know little, that. Fun little 
tidbit of um, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street trivia. Yeah, and I can back that up. Anybody listening, you can look that up. I promise. That's a true story I made up. That's a true story <laughs> I made I'm up. I'm just kidding. No, it really is a true story. For That's real. crazy. Yeah. So, yeah, but yeah, the idea that you can't escape him because he comes to you in your dreams and he no. can kill you in your dreams. So, did you have like a horror movie that you saw as a kid that just ruined your life? Um, no, I always really liked really? horror. Yeah, I really liked horror movies. Maybe The Exorcist, maybe The Shining. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't say ruined it. I was always kind of really into it, but The Exorcist, I remember, I didn't know what the term, man, that's fucked up meant back then, but like, <laughs> I remember my, my brain going, man, this is fucked up. You know? Oh, like, I got you. You're, yeah. you're just like talking about it. Um, I was terrified of Poltergeist 3. Oh, man. Polter- I'd never seen Poltergeist 1 or 2, not until I was way older, and they didn't scare me. Poltergeist 3. The one in the high rise. With the mirrors. Mm-hmm. And the old man. and with Yep. It, my my older brother let me watch it when my mom, like, my mom was like, no, you can't watch it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, he let me watch it. And I don't know. I was like maybe five. And it just, I had nightmares for years because it was the mirrors. So, what do you do when you're a kid and you got a mirror in your mm-hmm. room at night? Try to cover up the mirrors. Like, it was horrible. The <laughs> little girl, Carol Ann, that played yeah. that character, she died at the end of that movie. Like, I in know. real life. Like, in real life. In when real they're life. When they're holding her at the end, she's like, like about to go to the hospital like she died like after filming that movie i remember because she had some sort of like perforated yeah. like intestine yeah, or something like it, that 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 whole franchise has been cursed a lot of people have totally. died the, the daughter from the first one got strangled by her boyfriend um tangia the that old woman awful. the indian i mean there's just been a whole curse behind mm-hmm. that entire if anybody's interested in like reading and learning more about this like google the poltergeist curse like they it, it's just all kinds of like bad luck has happened to a lot of those people that have played in those movies i think it was for me i always found it so fascinating because like i had older siblings and i like they let me but like my mom i remember one day when i was telling her about it she went to my brother she's like you let her watch that movie didn't you you know because then I probably was like a wreck after that because yeah. I was like five and they were teenagers and thought it was funny. But like, I always loved horror movies, but I could never, I, I would always like look up, like you're talking about right there, like the little, mm-hmm. the backstories and everything like that. But um, I hated zombie movies. Like Night of the Living Dead. Oh, and, yes. Yeah. But the 1990 version. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. With the same guy that did uh, Candyman? Yeah, absolutely. What the hell's his name? I don't know who he's a really that. like good actor um and he did a lot of broadway stuff too but um yeah like that that the was... guy that played Candyman. yeah oh i met that guy. i know who you you're did? talking about he was in um i met that dude yeah. where did you oh, meet man. him in new york city i was working retail and he came in all tall and scary oh, yeah he'll do uh nice he does, guy though he does a lot of like horror horror movie yeah cons, like comic cons and stuff i forget his name myself, i'm gonna look it up know, right now I, his face is right i know exactly who you're talking about um but did yeah. you end up watching Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist? Though? I did, and yeah, I, I watched it, it I wa- a- and I didn't even feel like that. I didn't even feel like it was that, I don't know, maybe scary, but it was that third one. It was the mirrors. It was the mirrors that really creeped me out. Mm-hmm. Okay, here he is. Uh, and she could see through the mirrors. Because yes. remember when she's in that school, that special school, the people are watching her from the other side of the mirror, and the teacher makes a comment like, I feel like that little girl's looking at us. And they're yep. like, no, she can't see us, but... She and she see, did. She see and it's mirrors. always about something about having a mirror there and having something creepy on the mm. other side of it mm-hmm. that is just like making this demonic like yeah. thing. Like, I don't know if you're familiar <laughs> with the Netflix. Um, the It was written by Stephen King's son. So um, Joe Hill. Okay. Uh, but he did. 
he he wrote as a graphic novel this series on Netflix is escaping me right now and there was a scene where they had a mirror like that and it was like the person they would look in the mirror and it'd be an evil version I was like nope yep nope and really nope nope but the, what's crazy with Poltergeist is the old man Kane that was mm-hmm. his name so he creepy. really wasn't a bad dude he was just wanting to get Carol Ann needed to lead him to the light that's all he wanted I don't they, remember that part yeah, I thought they, he was always evil oh no, he it, Part one was evil. Part three, he was creepy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he was creepy. a creepy old man. But I think that was the intention. But yeah. really, he was after Carol Ann just because she was the one that could lead him to the light. Oh, and she was special. She was special. That's what it was. You're thinking about Tony Todd. That's his name. Tony, that is it. Yes. But it's so, so yeah. So I saw him in uh, the original, uh, no, I'm sorry, in the 1990 version, the colorized version of the the night of living dead and that was just terrifying to me um but i had a fear of zombie movies until probably like 2005 till i was in college and then i don't know i just started laughing at them all the time then i watched everything but um okay so what is do you have a favorite monster movie the monster squad the monster squad oh yeah it's more of like it's like a not kids but it's about a group of three kids I think it's Halloween night and there's like Wolfman, there's a mummy, there's Dracula. So it is scary, but it's it's like I remember watching it like eight, nine years old. Dan, it's yeah, an older movie, movie, right? It, yeah, it's an older movie. It's like it's not like I don't know if I saw that. It's maybe probably PG thirteen. I don't think it's R. It's probably PG thirteen. I remember I don't think I've ever seen it, but I remember hearing his, about his it. His teacher's name is like Miss Allucard, which is like Dracula backwards and <laughs> Are you card? Yeah, it's 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 a really awesome movie and it's about these this got one of the good lines where where Wolfman, like Wolfman's chasing them, and they're like, kick him in the nads. And he's like, Wolfman doesn't have any nads. He's like, kick him there anyway. So it's kind of like, almost like the Goonies, yeah. but for like a monster. I love that. Yeah, it's the, the Monster Squad. Um, I guess if we're talking like all time, like just that, that's what I think of when I think, I think Frankenstein's in it, yeah. Wolfman, Mummy, all Dracula. Yeah, and they're, they're kind of go terrorizing a town, and it's up to this group of kids like the Goonies to stop the monsters from taking over the town. But it's got a little comedy in it. Sure. It's a lot It's a lot of fun if you haven't seen the monsters. No, Squad. I haven't seen that. Um, I, it's, I always think that, like, I really enjoy everything that came out, like, in the past, like, 40 years, don't get me wrong, but, like, I feel like the 80s just was on to something, man. I think it's because everybody that was in the 60s, by the time they were adults, Mm -hmm. like, they had been doing lots of acid in the 60s, and I think they were so much more creative in the 80s, you know? And I feel like, yeah, some of it was traumatizing. Some of it was really kind of messed up, especially for, like, kids' movies, but I think that they just did such a better job at making creative films so yeah i definitely remember that one i was on the way here and there was a uh, a sign for a halloween contest a costume sign on your that street that leads in here into like noble or whatever mm-hmm. the, the street was and it said no carry no scary costumes please i saw and i that. wanted to be like you nerds like i was like <laughs> i was like get out of here it's halloween like, it's a church still <laughs> though still i'm like man come on bunch of i nerds. saw that it's like tri- it's like trunk or treating it's like no it, scary no, yeah costumes. i saw that i was like oh like you blame bunch, bunch of nerds you you, bunch, you're wait you're raising your two-year-olds yeah, to be wimps the, the age Man, we, we'd walk into like elementary school with like like just blood coming from our head, like a nail stuck in our head. You know, yeah, like, like no one cared. Right, it was no one cared. No, uh, so that's life. probably my favorite monster movie. Um, I think monster movies were fun. Have you ever seen The Howling? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They, I didn't see that until like the past few years, 
And I'm like, man, something about the special effects of the 80s was like truly mm. crazy. Yeah. I was like, that was fucking the, awesome. Is that the, uh, with the wolf, right? And, yeah. Um, yeah. With, yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. You know, I was talking to John Farley, shout out to John Farley, and he's like, man, the werewolf in that thing, yeah. the way it comes into the office, whatever, it's like, it's... Yeah, that's the scene I'm thinking of. Dude, it's, that that was creepy. D. Wallace from, e, there's E.T.'s mom. E.T.'s mom, yeah, yeah. yeah. and she yeah. was in Cujo. Yeah, she was in Cujo, yeah. Uh, did you ever see Cujo? I did. It's a great, see, all those old, like, I'll tell you, like, like... I don't want to say if it's monster, but like going to a monster movie. If I guess if you think of the little kid, like pet, the original Pet Cemetery was a that's a, that's a fucked up movie, man. Fucked like the movie. original one. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a monster movie, but you could say that little kid was a monster. I mean, like I mean, <laughs> yeah. Pet Cemetery is a this fucked up movie. You that know? is one of my favorite Halloween movies. It's one of my also my favorite Stephen King, uh, Stephen King books. Like even the book was mm -hmm. really like. There was a couple of scenes where I was like chills up my spine. I was like, that is just yeah. I don't know, maybe I scare easily. But no, you're you're right. I I love like werewolf movies. So when I saw the howling, and I remember talking to our friend Des about it, and I was like, for some reason, I don't know if I was like talking to him the next day. I was like, dude, you know what's a great movie? I was like, You ever seen the howling? He's like, Hell yeah. I was yeah. like, that werewolf was awesome. Yeah. So no, it's just it's truly like it's just kind of one of those funny things where, you know, you pull on it. I, I love watching like all of that stuff over time do you do you ever re do you remember the return of the living dead it was in the 80s was that did that have bill mosley from the bob zombie movies in it i think it was i think i had bill mosley in it for, uh, otis otis I, I know who he is you know to be honest with you i don't know it was supposed to be a sequel to night of the living dead but it was like punks so like i i cannot find this now but i have a picture i have like a picture of the uh movie poster and i don't know where it is but um i bought it because that movie scared the shit out of me when i was a kid it was so scary it was fast zombies they were fast they yeah. weren't slow and they all were like in a in like a mortuary and there was a cemetery there so it was like a gas that got out and they like burned this body it was like it was you know soviet union gas or whatever that come into these bodies and the smoke was green and it got out into the cemetery and it brought up all these zombies and there was a scary black slimed skeleton zombie that just took a bite out of this guy's head like an apple and like just as a little kid that was another like, movie that i wasn't allowed to this? see you know what i mean yeah. that i like definitely watched and was terrified for life but i ended up buying the movie poster and like it's it's like all framed we did it one of the like the comic cons or like one of the nashville like horror cons yeah and so i picked it up there i was like this movie ruined my life forever i need probably, to get it probably somebody at that comic con that was in that movie i want to say probably. bill mosley was in, i think it might have been with bill he Rose. might have been be he might have been younger too because this was in like 85 but i'll tell you that the director of that movie wrote Alien. And I did not know that. Ridley so that Scott. was his no, no well, Ridley Scott directed, was the director. director. So okay. this guy uh screenplayed, he that was his first directorial debut, but he worked with um he worked with John Carpenter, not on the thing, but there was something out in the 1974 before then. So that was his first one. They went to school together. They went to college together. And this is something I just learned recently. But he wrote the screenplay for all the aliens. He wrote it for Total Recall. Oh wow. Like Good old 80s horror movies. They don't make them like that anymore. No, they don't. And we're talking about funny horror movies like Critters 3 and Killer Clowns from Outer Space, <laughs> Army of Darkness. Even even Evil Dead 1 and 2 
as creepy and scary as they were, there was so much comedy involved. Yeah. In the aspect, especially Army of Darkness. That's just a comedic masterpiece. Well, it's just better writing, too. You know I what agree. I mean? It, better yeah. writing, better jokes, better, like, you know, all around. So, Critters 3, weren't you saying that Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. was in that? Yeah, Le- Leonardo, it was Leonardo DiCaprio's first movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know his age, but he's definitely not even, like, 10 years. He's probably, like, 8 to 9 years old in that movie. I think it's Critters 3 or 4. I'm almost, I'm on 95% sure it's Critters 3. They were these oh little, they were these little alien things that would roll into balls and shoot like poisonous uh, I guess venomous because that's injected poisons ingested uh, venomous like spikes at you like a porcupine or something oh my god and that's how I remember the movie so it was but it was also kind of like comedic what's another one with Kevin Bacon um, Tremors yeah Tremors yeah, is great there's a lot of like funny horror movies out oh there my too. god but that was another like really well like it was a scary one and then they just kept making all the Tremors movies and after a while mm-hmm. you're like stop that that's yeah. just not now it's a whole other level yeah. Of, um, yeah, but Tremors was great. Uh, bad, scary movie. Oh, that you love, um, or you like? Oh man, I have like like how about like something like Piranha, like Piranha exactly. 3D, like kind Perfect. of the newer one that came out. It's yep. just awful because there was a Piranha like in the seventies. Yeah, I think that was, was a real movie. I think this was like a remake, but they mm-hmm. remade it to be just it's just terrible all, it's just terrible it's but it's you're gonna watch the whole thing yeah but it's absolutely just terrible the original the original had buddy hackett in there okay his guts were just like all yeah <laughs> like this shit. one like you know what I'm this one has elizabeth shoe from like karate kid and adventures oh, in babysitting yep. and there's a scene in it to where you just see a dick floating in the water like the piranha <laughs> bit like a human dick off and there's a scene where like a dick's just floating by in the water all half eaten it's 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 awful in the worst way but it's just an absolutely terrible but you know the director had to put that in there because they're like we need to get people to watch this still and as awesome as the movie is as nostalgic as it is like killer clowns from outer space is pretty bad yeah but but that's like that's also like a cult like that was great they all uh, were the cotton candy pods yeah they would wrap you up in cotton candy cocoons and then drink your blood out of the cotton candy it's just the whole premise of the movie it's just nonsense nonsensical they did the shadow puppets and the shadow puppets (laughs) ate the the shadow puppet actually ate the person you know it's just just nonsense (laughs) that was great uh i had a party here a few years ago and um we uh, it was it was earlier than halloween but i just put halloween movies on that was on and i remember we were just like sitting there watching we were like this is great like everybody's yeah. like drinking tequila they're like what the fuck just happened yeah. i was like that shadow puppet just ate that person yeah. there's just a lot of there's a that. lot of bad horror movies yeah. uh ghost shark have you ever heard of that i have not that doesn't that's that sounds that sounds pretty bad yeah but it was bad there's, there's uh, a lot of them. to the point where uh these people were all like maybe if we just stay dry <laughs> everything will be fine and then like they hit a fire hydrant and the ghost shark came out of it okay. the girl was in a <laughs> The girl was in a bathtub and he ate her. You know what I mean? What are the Leprechaun Four in, in the hood? Like he's yeah. like Leprechaun Four in the hood. He's, he's, he's so stupid. Was that with Snoop? I think so. It yeah. was with someone that was like really popular yeah, that you wouldn't think. Part Four was it was like it was it took place like in the hood. It yeah. was absolutely. Stupid. That was so funny. Dan's got one called Silent Night that he loves. Oh, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yes. Yeah, man. The first one's. That's actually pretty creepy about the the killer Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. I think this it, was the second one. His kid, his I saw it in a the theater, man. His his parents got killed by Santa Claus when yes. he was young, and he ends up be growing up and becoming a killer Santa. I know that, man. Not the, a lot of people know that. The man. fact that you know that the the second one is where he's in a sweater and he's like pulls out a pistol and and he was 
I don't know what he's doing. He's like garbage day, and he like if, and like shoots these people. I don't know. If so you weird. go to a bar in Nashville called Hubba Hubba Tiki Tonk, they have all this eighties, nineties classic nostalgia movie posters uh-huh. like out. Like they've got pictures. They've got like a velvet painting of Alf with like all this crazy <laughs> shit. And the bathroom is a Christmas themed bathroom, and uh-huh. they have a Silent Night, Deadly Night poster in that bathroom. That's no awesome. Yeah, it's called Hubba Hubba Tiki Tonk. It's on like the East Side. If you like eighties, nineties nostalgia movies and that. sitcoms go in there it's amazing you'll, you'll oh just sit there drinking and it gets weird the more you look around in the bar the weirder it fucking gets man it's awesome i'd like to own a bar like that it's oh my aw- god the more you sit there and get drunk you're like what is that is that a velvet painting to alf that is a velvet painting of alf you, you know, know i didn't realize i forgot that alf ate cats no, he was did he Nome- ever really eat a cat though no, on he, the kept show? Chas- he kept chasing lucky that's so mean yeah and he was from melmac that was the name of the planet you know that was funny oh my god all right well pulling this away for a minute i gotta say that talking about music and this is supposed to be about a music podcast but like this is the halloween episode which i fucking love um so any good shows you've been to lately yeah i go to shows a good bit uh Mm -hmm. me and my girlfriend brandy go we try and catch a few a month uh we got one next week at brooklyn bowl uh but i'd say the last few i'll give you three um I went to Louder Than Life, which is a giant metal festival up in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm. Uh, so many great bands. Green Day, um, like Pantera, Tool, mm. uh, Foo Fighters play. So it's not all metal, but it, is, it tends to be a little heavier. So we went, it's a four-day festival in Kentucky. Uh, the same people that put on Aftershock uh, put nice. it on. Uh, Danny Weimer, it's such a great run festival. Uh, here in Nashville, locally, I saw a Ghost at the ah. Send Amphitheater a few months, about a month or two ago. Always a great band. And then uh, I'd say Rob Zombie and um, mm-hmm. Alice Cooper. The fact that Alice Cooper is 76 and still performed the way he Seriously. did that show was amazing. So that's probably been my top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, do, I go to a lot of more like local hardcore metal not local but like you know marathon music works yeah brooklyn bowl uh, still big enough venues but people that yeah no for sure yeah, bigger uh, shows though louder than life ghost rob zombie alice cooper was i love killer. that i'm i'm so bitter about the ghost show because uh i for some reason i couldn't go to it and i was like really bummed and uh i know you and des and your your girlfriend and um brandy like all went and i was like i'm stuck at work yeah. oh god hope you, you guys have a good time you had to ask i had to ask off i would have been like i'm uh, off i would have been like request book i'm i'm not working that night well and that's the thing is that sometimes i i'm so caught up and stuff that i forget like uh the dates and like what's actually happening like i know tools coming here to yeah. bridgestone and yeah. like in january and i i don't even know if it's already sold out i feel like every time i go to get tool tickets i'm just like disappointed um but join their um i forget their fan club what it's called tool oh so you can get the, Ar- tool the emails army. sooner it's called the tool army mm-hmm. you you join their fan club and you get like we got our tool tickets like two days before they went on sale and you what, already have them yeah of course we got them two days before they went on sale and what the tool army does is it get it prevents scalpers from getting your tickets See, so that's it gives true fans it gives mm-hmm. true fans a shot at getting you don't get them discounted they're still they were still like 200 bucks a piece it's right. fine but we got great seats yeah and you're not gonna those seats would eventually cost like 500 bucks once scalp that's what it is you know? it's that the so. last time i tried to get uh tickets for tool uh that was just they were gone yeah. completely because they were all just it's kind of the way taken. to do it nowadays mm-hmm. is you kind of got to join the fan club and mm-hmm. it gives you like like i think they went on sale on a saturday morning yep we got tool tickets like a thursday morning as opposed to saturday morning oh so. no that's that's so 
so much better. Um, how was Pantera? It's <clears throat> fantastic. Um, obviously, no Vinny. Obviously, no Dimebag Daryl. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Uh, but it was Zach Wild. I'm not sure who was on drums. Um, it's a good question, but it was awesome. A few didn't enjoy that set at Louder Than Lobby. I mean, it, it was they had line, no, co-headline. They played second to last. Uh, I mean, they played so many bangers. They played everything off like Far Beyond Driven to Vulgar Display of Power, mm-hmm. Cowboys from Hell. They mm-hmm. played Cemetery Gates. They played all kinds of great stuff. So if you, it was still great to see Pantera because it had been, last time I saw them was White Zombie when I was like 13, 12. Wow. I wasn't even 13. I was probably like 11 or 12. Yeah, that was so so yeah. long ago. That was right when White Zombie, I mean, that's an old school yeah. man. You know, everybody knows Rob Zombie. They forget. White Zombie. He plays like, I think Rob Zombie played like three white. He played yeah. like three white zombies. So he played he no more human, no human, mm-hmm. Thunder Kiss, and I think there mm-hmm. was one more. There I was another one too, but I can't remember. But yeah, he did. I imagine he owns the rights. I mean, I imagine he could play every white zombie song if he wanted to. Yeah, you know? I'm sure he could. And uh, yeah, babe, that's a long. Did you ever see Pantera? My mic wasn't on. I don't think I've ever seen Pantera. It was it was awesome. How's his voice? It was great, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I was kind of questioning it myself, but yeah. now Pantera, they 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 killed it. They sounded yeah. really good. A lot of those bands did. Some of the some of the then it also offers Louder in Life. Also has a lot of newer bands like uh, Bad Omens was amazing. Oh yeah, I saw Bad awesome. Bad Omens was there um, last year. I went. Mashuga closed down one of the sets. Nice. The, like the, the one of the side stages this year. Like the Amity Affliction. Yep. Uh, they were fantastic. Bad Omens was fantastic. Um, just so many, you'll, you'll find so many surprises. There was this, um, I think they were from, J- they were maybe been from Japan. I'm not sure where they were from. Uh, they were called Baby Metal. They were fantastic. It's oh, like I've these, heard of them. Dude, it's like these, these three Asian, Asian girls? girls that like dance synchronized to this amazing metal music. Yep. And then there was another band called The Who, like the H-U. Okay. And they were Mongolian. Yes. And they did a Mongolian cover of Through the Never by Metallica. Oh, what was, it, that, was it cool? It was awesome. I don't still have no idea what instruments they were playing. I was watching it going, I don't even know what fucking instrument that guy's playing right now. <laughs> it had like three strings. He was, I was like, it was like a cello, but it had like three strings. Oh, that's it, funny. And they sang in Mongolian. That's awesome. And they didn't, the, only one of them could speak English and it was very broken English. So when he did talk, you know, it just, it, it was awesome. Everything that's about cool. it. Baby Metal School, Bad Omens was, I don't know if you've heard Bad Omens. Yeah. Kind of remind me of Bring Me the Horizon a little bit. Yeah, but I could really see good. that. Um, I, I found them on, uh, I think I might have found them on the buzz in nashville but then i've heard them a lot in serious yeah. um on octane so uh, green day headlined it they they, they were my favorite. dude and no it's not metal but green day was they were so fucking good yeah they oh probably crushed God. it they were so good were you there all three days all four days yeah four i was there days. angels envy sponsors the vip okay. uh ultimate vip section at louder okay. than life uh so i was there working but yeah, I mean, you, you work. But I mean, you too, work. Right? But you get to see the band. I mean, you're working. Yeah. You're not out there digging ditches. But <laughs> right. I mean, you're, you're you're kind of there. Just hey, let's make sure the tables are clean, and the people that spend all this money to come to this VIP area, you just kind of help out making making sure it looks good. You go around, hand sure. out some fans and pins, and yeah, if you, people want to talk bourbon or the brand, you do that. But there's bands playing the whole time, so it's yeah. kind of hard to talk. But you kind of just there to make sure like the cocktails are coming out right. And, oh, so you did you have to like prep cocktails? No, no, no. They have a bartending crew. Okay. That. Okay, and all the bartenders are amazing. Oh, so you don't really awesome. have to babysit them. They hire real bartenders to nice. bartend this. They're not just hiring like 
Wendy from Applebee's or something like that to come bartend. You know, no offense to Applebee's, but you right. know what I mean. They're hiring yeah. people that are like back home. They're they work in craft cocktail bars yeah. and stuff. They're like that. They're already making so, it all happen. Yeah. So oh, God. it was a lot of fun. That's so good to hear. Um, which speaking of. Yeah, I mean, you're still pretty active in your music. Like, so I just saw on your website, you guys have more music coming out in 2024. Yeah, yeah, we're working on it right now uh, mm-hmm. as we speak. Um, we just played a, um, it's it a band, it's a band called the Judas Cradle. We were around more in probably 2000 to 2005. Mm-hmm. Uh, we toured with like Every Time I Die, Misery mm-hmm. Signals, Bleeding Through, As mm-hmm. I Lay Dying, tons of like bands that are still around today playing shows. Um, and we kind of reformed as buds back in like 18 to play furnace fest yeah uh i'm sorry 18 i said 18 um the furnace fest was a fest in alabama that originated in 2001 two and three and they did a resurrection in 2021 okay uh so we got asked to play that so we kind of reformed to play and then we've played like four shows since then that's awesome so the last time we played was a benefit bash for sloss furnace in birmingham okay so we got to play with darkest hour Mm -hmm. the acacia strain nice integrity capra um uh, Bailing and the Sons of Disaster. So it was a big benefit bash benefiting Sloss Furnace, and all the proceeds went to the upkeep of Sloss Furnace. Okay. Like new restrooms, new paint, just nice. bricks missing that needed replacing. So all the proceeds went to help Sloss Furnace, which is where they host Furnace Fest every year. I was going to say it's like a venue. It's a venue. It's itself. a venue where they, Furnace Fest put this show on nice. to help, to help the real furnace fest so it was cool there was uh a couple thousand kids there it was in yeah. the shed at sloss furnace uh, i love that just getting to share the stage with the acacia strain yeah. and darkest hour those guys are so heavy yep those so. are pretty cool um yeah like totally and and then so you've done that so you've done it like two years in a row three years in a row uh, we've done furnace fest in 21 which ended up getting no, it was twenty one, and then we did the benefit bash uh, this year in twenty three, cool. and then we played a local show in Birmingham uh, before our set at Furnace Fest, and um, that was with a that was with a couple of a band out of Texas called Die Young, and a um, I forget who all was on that show. Um, it was, but it was basically. This was more of like a DIY metal mm-hmm. hardcore show, like in a shed. They called the Firehouse in Birmingham. Yeah, and it was so. Much I've heard fun. of that place. Yeah, it was so much fun to get back to that style mm-hmm. of venue because the other three shows we've played have been up on a huge stage, and that's fun. That's great and fun, but something about being in like a sweaty room with a bunch of kids singing along with you and just beating the ever living shit out of each other while you're playing is so much fun to see right um all of our old friends were there so it was cool to play music in front of our friends again so yeah yeah we're called the judas cradle we're working on new stuff we should have about four or five new songs out this in the next year that's so awesome it's, it's really cool it's a lot of fun to uh jump back in with the boys um same I, same lineup uh some way it, it's a collection of a lineup over okay. Uh, over the last like it's kind of a collection of everybody that's been in the Judas Cradle gotcha there's not really an original lineup because mm-hmm. the Judas Cradle's probably had like I'm the second singer but I've been the singer since 2002 okay uh, but it's it's the best collection of the Judas Cradle that we could put together that's so, awesome uh, I wouldn't say original members but um, definitely anybody that knew our band would 
look at the lineup now. God, that makes sense. Oh, it's U5. Sure. So it's a lot of fun. It's really heavy. If you like heavy music, check it out. I believe it's on Spotify Mm -hmm. and Amazon Music. I did. I found found it. I didn't even want to ask you like ahead because I I knew it was already on there. So I went, clicked on it, uh, found you guys on YouTube, Spotify, and then um, your... It's uh, thejudascradle.com. Yep. Yep. So and that's the most up-to-date one. That's where I found uh, that you have like new music coming out. And we were on uh, a label called Eulogy, uh, but it's based out of Miami. Uh, before that, we were on Indianola, which is a fun fact. When we were on Indianola, um, a band that is absolutely huge now was on the same label with us called A Day to Remember. So we spent on a label with a day to remember. Eulogy had like a newfound glory on Earth, mm-hmm. uh, Evergreen Terrace. So yep. if you're familiar with some of these bands, um, check us out. We were on the same label, but That's I remember awesome. I remember playing with a day to remember, and now seeing those guys are just like headlining like mm-hmm. major festivals is pretty crazy. You yeah, know, so. no, that's awesome. That is such a cool thing. I'm so happy for you. It's nice to come back and have like, you know, to be doing it. You have people that want it play music after all these years and like you get to do some cool things in the process and uh the name is really interesting i remember asking you a couple years ago what it was or maybe i looked it up but i remember coming across it i was like oh this is like a torture device it's a medieval torture device yeah Yeah. they would put um it was like a a try like a steel triangle and they would put rocks and chains on your legs and feet and sit you on top of it so if you were a guy or girl it went into certain orifices of your body and they would slowly sink down and as you got you know it started out as a tip and as you sunk down on the device it would just kind of slowly rip you apart from the inside and that's why it's called the judas cradle which i don't even judas cradle i i've got to say sounds like it hurts (laughs) yes so, sounds like sounds like medieval people were really man, nice. Dude, we used to do some fucked up shit to each other. <laughs> like, no, the way we used to kill, like, man, like nowadays we're like, people talk about like how like lethal injections inhumane. You're like, man, no, inhumane was like they used to put you in this thing called the brass bull, where like they would sit you in this brass bull and put that bull over an open fire so you just heated it I death. heard about that, and yes. Th- they called it like the screaming bull or the brass bull or something. Because you would scream, it would make would a noise. And it would come out of the bull's mouth so it sounded like a bull was screaming but really it's a human in there just cooking essentially in an oven. It makes you think that everybody was a sadist back then because it's, you're just like, what the f- It's you know, so they made strange, it, They made it man. for the kids. That's why they, you know, they wanted the kids to have fun too so yeah, they got creative with it, that. Yeah, and executions back in the day would be like, a whole hey what are you doing today like dude there's an execution at five let's go <laughs> whatever they drank back then let's go get some uh, let's go get a a pint of mead uh, uh, let's go get a pint of mead and watch this dude totally get like ripped apart ripped apart man it'd be a, what a great night friday night we got ahead of us do you remember, like, remember george carlin went off about like all that uh <laughs> what's the word like all that medieval torture devices and rolling boils of oil and just oh, burning people's like yeah goes off on that man. yeah dude. yeah i think he might have mentioned that Maybe. rest in peace well, to george carlin oh, for best. sure well when i was looking up the judas cradle today um and actually saw what it looked like it kept bringing up um the hell's that thing that happened uh with the catholic church in like the for 200 years they were fighting the war Oh God, we're all really bad at pretty yeah. good religious. Yeah, if it's religious stuff, I'm not too familiar. I know, with but that's it, the know. thing that um, uh, the cruce the Crusades. Oh, the Crusades. It, sorry, it was Shit. it yeah, was a thing. It was yeah, it, but they would use that in the Crusades, like the church, and I'm like, wow. 
real christian guys there yeah (laughs) There there was like another one where they'd put you in a canoe and all that would come, all that would be out of the canoe would be your arms and legs and your face, and they would cover you with like milk and honey, and set you out in the water. And just over days, like flies and worms would come and eat your skin because it was coated with milk and honey. Who the fuck was in I, charge I, with? I, can you imagine shit. being hired to come up with those ideas, though? Like, you know geez, what I'm saying? Well, like, we I used know, to fuck people. Up, I know man. life was probably miserable back then, so they're like, let me just take all my internal misery mm-hmm. and put it on. That's just tragic. No, and that would be for Awful. like stealing an apple or some shit. It wouldn't even <laughs> like by today's standards, you're like, oh, man, all I did was steal a freaking banana from the right. grocery store, man. Take but, God's name in vain or something like yeah, that, and man, just oh, you go to death. Up, man, it would just absolutely rip, literally rip you apart back in the day. <laughs> like, you rip know? you apart. So many. It's a good Halloween podcast talk. Let's talk about <laughs> medieval torture devices. Man. But speaking of, who came up with the name? The Judas Cradle? Mm-hmm. I believe it was our guitar player, Roger, and drummer, Ben, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, it's a cool name. There was a few more that came before it, like Burned at the Stake was one of them. Okay. But we thought it sounded too much like a hate breed song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before that, it was called The Common Man, which I always liked. Yeah. I always liked the, the name Common Man. This was before I was in the band. But it started as The Common Man. Uh, it actually started as a band called Angst Ridden when the guys were in high school. Okay. And a real funny story is I wasn't there. It was before my time. But Ben, our drummer, always remembers a story about this guy. Obviously, we were heavy and loud. This guy, he overhears this guy in a crowd go, angst ridden. Them boys wouldn't be so angst ridden if they knew the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, my Lord. And it was, you got to think this is South Alabama, yeah. late 90s. You can yeah. just picture how the guy sounded like, yeah. angst ridden. Them boys, them boys <laughs> wouldn't be so angst ridden they knew the Lord Jesus Christ now. you know. Like, <laughs> so it went from angst ridden to the common man to uh, the Judas Cradle. So oh. It is a great. It is a great name for a metal band. Though. That so, is a great name for yeah, a metal yeah. band. Oh my sounds god! Very metal. It yes. sounds very so metal. metal. Well, check that out, guys. And um, again, Mother's Ruin Mother, on Halloween. Halloween but. night. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Hopefully, no. It's always packed there. So RSVP in advance because yes. it's always crazy there. Dress up, costumes. Be funny, be scary. It'll be a good time. Uh, Angels Envy drinks, all kinds of good stuff will be happening yeah. that night. So. Those bartenders are so good. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks I'm, for having me. I'm so excited that we were able to do it in this capacity this time. So um, thank you very much. Thank you for those cocktails. Yeah, and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hey guys, you've just watched another episode of Nashville on the Rocks. And if you've liked what you've seen, please hit the subscribe button. Thanks. We'll see you next time.